You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This is Brewers on Tap. Welcome to Brewers on Tap. This is Lane Grindle, and this is episode number 65 of the podcast. Good to have you with us. Let's start with the big news from a charitable standpoint for the Brewers. This past Sunday, the home schedule wrapped up for the crew as they played game number 81 at Miller Park. It was against the Cincinnati Reds, and unfortunately, it was a 4-2 loss to Cincinnati. But the real winners in this one were the four foundations that were part of the give-back game that the Brewers put together. In total, the give-back game brought $335,000 that's going back to local charities in Milwaukee. Those charities, the Boys and Girls Club of Greater Milwaukee, the MAC Fund, Make-A-Wish Wisconsin, and the Wisconsin Humane Society. Those were the four charities designated for the donations. All the tickets, all the proceeds went back to these charities. The Wisconsin Humane Society brought in the largest amount at $81,378. The Brewers kicked in an additional $50,000 to the Humane Society, and their final total was $131,378. And again, in total to all of those charities, over $335,000 going back to those local charities in Milwaukee and in Wisconsin. Just a really cool deal and uh, exciting for the Brewers to be a part of something like that. All right, let's jump in to a little bit of history. And now, this week in Brewers history. September 29, 2013, Carlos Gomez, who the Brewers currently scoring off against with the, the Texas Rangers now, 24 home runs and 40 stolen bases, for his 2013 season, he was the first player in franchise history to record a 2040 season. Swiped his 40th base on September 29th against the Mets, the last day of the season. Also in the Gold Glove that year, just the second outfielder in franchise history to ever win the award. Now, here's the cool thing about this story: is you have Jonathan VR right now, who has 60 stolen bases on the year for the Brewers. He has 18 home runs. So with four games remaining, if he can get a couple of home runs, he will go to the 2060 club. And the 2060 club is very exclusive. Only Eric Davis, Joe Morgan, and Ricky Henderson have ever done it in Major League Baseball history. So a little bit of this week in Brewers history with what could be some history that will be made before the end of this season. This past week, this is what it looked like for the crew. A Wednesday loss to the Pirates by a score of 4-1. to Then Thursday... A win over the Pirates, 3-1. to Friday, 5-4 to victory over the Reds. Things were looking good. But then the Reds take the next two Saturday, Sunday. And then this series with the Rangers, an 8-3 win over the Rangers on Monday night. Jonathan VR, two home runs. He drives in five. That was a career high for him. And Tuesday night, Brewers led for much of the game. But in the sixth inning, they gave up the lead to the Rangers. 
Jonathan Lucroy, of all people, drove in a couple of runs with a two RBI double to give the Rangers the lead for good. They end up winning it six to four. So a three and four week for the crew, and they have a 71-87 overall record going into this final week of the season. Four more games remaining, including Wednesday night at the Rangers and then three games at Colorado. Checking in on the farm. As we check in on the farm, big news was the news of the 2016 Robin Yount Performance Awards. Pitcher of the Year goes to Brandon Woodruff, who split his time between Class A Advanced Brevard County and Double A Biloxi. Brandon Woodruff led all of minor league baseball with 173 strikeouts. He had a virtually untouchable start to the season in Class A Advanced. And after a couple of rough starts early on in Double A, he turned a corner and was one of the best pitchers in all of minor league baseball over the second half of the season. He had a stretch from June through early August where he gave up two earned runs over about eight starts. Brandon Woodruff, very deserving and should be an exciting prospect to follow next year, most likely starting out in AAA Colorado Springs. Isan Diaz was the player of the year. Isan Diaz had perhaps the best second half of any minor league baseball player this year. Uh, he had just three home runs at the end of May. He ended up with 20. He hit 17 home runs essentially from June, July, August uh, through the end of the season. Isan Diaz played some shortstop, some second base. He's an exciting prospect for the Brewers as well. Came over in the Chase Anderson with Chase Anderson and Aaron Hill in the Gene Segura and Tyler Wagner trade. Also, some news for the Brewers, and that is that they will also send Javier Salas to the Arizona Fall League. He becomes the seventh Brewers prospect to go to the Arizona Fall League. He joins Josh Ewan, Tyler Sperlin, Taylor Scott, Brett Phillips, Jacob Nottingham, and Isan Diaz. And they'll be a part of the Salt River Rafters during the Fall League, which gets underway in the middle of October. We told you about Brandon Woodruff being the pitcher of the year. I had a chance to catch up with him when he was at Miller Park over the weekend. You started the season in Class A Advanced Brevard County and then um, eventually earned that promotion to Biloxi. Take me through the first couple of weeks in Biloxi and what you had to learn to adjust to the double-A level. Yeah, for sure. Uh, w- once I got to double-A, you know, kind of hear that that's, that's the big jump, you know, in, in the minor leagues. And I get up there and, uh, for, you know, first two or three starts are, you know, a little shaky. And then uh, Chris Hook, who is, who's, who's here now, and, uh, st- you know, worked on a few things, sped up my delivery a little bit. Uh, and, and the game, it, it hasn't changed, you know, if you – Go out and get strike one and, yeah. and fill up the zone, you know, uh, let your defense work behind you. Good things will happen. And I think I just got in that mentality of just going after guys and, and see, you know, see what happens and, uh, you know, good things happen. When you looked at yourself before the season began, you said, okay, this is what I need to do to continue to progress, to continue to develop. What were those things that you would kind of penciled in on the things you wanted to get accomplished in 2016? Yeah, I, you know, I, need, I knew I needed to get a lot of innings this year, and that's, that was the big thing to – to stay healthy and uh, have a full season, and that that was one of my main goals to to have a full complete season and uh, just improve on every facet of of the game. And you know, I I think I I've got a delivery now that I've got in, in place and it's very consistent. And I work you know really hard on that with with Hook and uh, you know that was just one of the big things, just being real consistent and just going out and and you know competing and. Uh, and just seeing what happens. This season on the diamond went about as smooth as it could went as as it could go. Obviously, you had a tough situation mm-hmm. uh, earlier this summer. 
getting through that with the loss of your brother and the ATV accident and, and you know, pitching for him, I'm sure, was part of what you did from that point forward. How did you get yourself through that and get yourself back mentally ready to play? Yeah, baseball? for sure. Um, you know, after that happened, and I, I think the best thing that happened for me was just getting back with the guys and, and getting around the team. And it made, made things seem a little back to normal, you know, back to a good routine. And uh, I just remember, you know, coming out for that first start after, after I got back and I just felt, you know, really focused and just ready to go. And, you know, and I, of course, you don't take life for granted, you know, you never know. And uh, I get out and I just, I just take each outing and, and just compete my heart out and, you know, and leave everything out on the field, and, you know, and just see, see what happens. You, you pitched in college at Mississippi State, so pitching in, in the backyard, was that, was that a nice thing for you as well? Yeah, for sure. Um, that's that's one of the first things you know of course i get to see my family and i get to see my wife a lot more and uh the biggest thing you know you you see uh, a lot of state fans you know come come to the games and they're taking pictures and just a lot of fans and a lot of the biloxi people are are awesome you know being a kid from mississippi they they kind of gravitate a little mm -hmm. a little bit to you so uh no it was fun and you know i i enjoyed just having the family and the friends and get to come see me more often Obviously, you're a confident guy right now and should be with the performance that you put together over the course of 2016. Too early to start thinking too much about 2017, but I'm sure being here at Miller Park, realizing you're starting to kind of knock on the door mm -hmm. a little bit, this, this, I'm sure this motivates you a little bit. Yeah, it? for sure. You know, you, you come in, this is the first time I've been here, so uh, you, you just come out and the, and the game's played the same way. You know, it's, it's, it's never changed for, for as long as baseball's been invented, so... You know, I, I know what my abilities are, and I know if I just keep staying consistent and, and doing what I'm doing, you know, maybe I'll have that chance to come and help the team out one day. Take me through your daily routine. When, when, when it's your day to climb up on the mound, what, what's, what's your daily routine look like? Uh, you know, I, of course, I sleep till I, you know, I get up, and I try to have a, a really good lunch. Um, and then I get to the ball field, you know, probably if it's a 7 o'clock game, I'll get around 4 o'clock, around 3 hours early, and... I just I just take it easy. I just hang out, you know, talk with the guys, and I guess probably about an hour before the game starts, I'll really start getting focused in and and, and you know getting mentally prepared on, on what what I have to do. And uh, you know, I, I, of course, you, you I go through my same routine, and then you just once that happens, once you get in between the lines, is you know you just go out and compete. And that's that's all you can do. You led all of minor league baseball with 173 strikeouts. Uh, maybe isn't something that you're thinking about a lot as the season goes forward but now that it's over and you reflect on it that's that's pretty neat yeah it's uh it's pretty special uh of course when you're going going throughout the season it, it's a it's a long season right. and uh you, you just get out on the mound and you're just trying to get guys out you don't really you know the strikeouts come and you know things like that happen but you're just going out competing and, and trying to give your your team a chance to win that's that's the you know first thing that's all I want to do is just give my team a chance. So, you know, those those things kind of just fall in place. The reports I saw mid to even at times upper 90s with your fastball, has that velocity always been there? Has that been something that's kind of come along um, and command with it too? Yeah, you know, as in college I could get in the mid-90s. It wasn't consistently there. But as I got into pro ball and got to throw every five days and, and I got used to my body, you know, knowing how the game, game works, um, this season was really big because last year I had the oblique injury and yeah. you have to go through those things in your first full season to kind of prepare you. Right. So coming into this season, you know, um, I understood my body a lot better. I knew how to pace myself. And I think just uh, just knowing all that coming in, 
that just helps you out. But as far as the velocity, you know, ticking up a little bit, you know, I don't, I guess, I guess just working hard in the off season, you know, I, I haven't really kept it that consistently high. So, Brandon, we appreciate it. Congratulations. What Thank a cool you. honor for you. Really appreciate it. Thank you so much. You bet. Brandon Woodruff, the Brewers Minor League Pitcher of the Year for 2016. My thanks to Brandon Woodruff, the 2016 Brewers Minor League Pitcher of the Year, for joining us here on Brewers on Tap. Well, uh, big call-up this past week for Brewers baseball as Tim Dillard, a member of the Colorado Springs Sky Sox, former Brewer, he's he's been up with the Major League team a couple of times over the course of his career. He got the call up to come back to Milwaukee and be a Brewer again this past week, but it wasn't maybe as you were thinking. It wasn't as a pitcher. It was as a member of the Brewers' social media team, and we had a chance to catch up with him. Tweet this. Let's check in on social media. Well, joining us now on Brewers on Tap is Tim Dillard. Uh, you can follow him on Twitter with the handle at Dim Tillard. Um, extremely creative. That's that's kind of what you're known for, and the, and it starts right with the handle. Yeah. Well, I mean, I play baseball, but baseball is not a great creative outlet. You know, I mean, because we wear the same thing every day. You do the same thing. They tell you when to pitch, where to go, where to play. Uh, but I've always kind of been creative, and you know, got on Twitter, and I thought. Yeah, that could, I could do something on here. <laughs> <laughs> and you have, obviously. And you, you, you've kind of played off the the role of the Brewers' last call-up uh, over this last homestand. And, it, and it's taken off. I mean, it's I think most of Brewers fans are pretty you know aware of you. Obviously, you've been here. You've been on some good teams here in Milwaukee in the past. But they've also continued to follow you uh, this past year with Colorado Springs and all the videos that you did in the clubhouse. You know, beyond all the funny and the laughs, I, I think you really helped... Brewers fans get to know some of these guys as they're making their way through the system. It's it's really a service, too, not to be too serious, but yeah. it is. Yeah, well, I mean, uh, you look at there's MLB Network. I remember when it came out, a lot of people were, a lot of the older guys were like, well, what's this going to be like, you know? And so there's a lot of access, uh, but what you don't get is any access to the minor leagues. And so that's when we came up with uh, MILB, you know? <laughs> and I actually, on the graphic that I made, I made a capital I, and then the MLB was like little. I don't know why. <laughs> but, you know, just to... Uh, because these guys are awesome, you know, and, it, and baseball is fun, but in the minor leagues, it is a grind. It is, you know, unless you're like a, you know, a recent first rounder, you know, you're, it's a grind and guys have families, guys have, uh, you know, lives. And so once they were a little skittish about, you know, what is this guy doing? You know, he's got a camera in the clubhouse, but when they saw the result of what we were doing, guys were like, hey man, am I going to be in a video today? And I was like, yes, it worked. <laughs> now, now you, you, you do what's called dub smash it's like an app that you, that you can use and you can edit videos and you can dub people's you know uh movies or songs or whatever over people as they're acting out the part and then you you just talked about the milb network stuff that you did as well what was your favorite th and i know you get asked this all the time what was your favorite one that you put together not even just this year just in the past at any point in time out of out of everything uh I'm, i mean some of my personal favorites uh two i've done with jay chapman uh, and these were, one was in spring early this year and one was last year. I was in the hotel room. I'm flipping through the channels. It's probably like 1 a.m. We had a late game and uh, Titanic was on. It was like a, you know, a 90-hour marathon or whatever. And I was like, we're going to do a Titanic dub smash. And so I came up with the idea and I texted Jay. I was like, hey, Chappie, what are you doing? He's like, it's 2 a.m. You know, and he's just like, nothing. I'm in my room. I was like, oh, good. I'm coming. Stay right there. And he's just like, 
okay. <laughs> we were in Albuquerque, and next thing I know, I had a couple other guys in there, and somebody was working lighting, and, and uh, actually Brent Suter was doing the camera work, and basically it was it was me doing a sketch of Chapman watching TV, but like you don't see him till the end, and it's just the music, you know, the the Titanic music's playing, and and now playing the part of Kate Winslet, Jay Chapman. <laughs> yeah, because he had the long hair. He always get, he was mad at us. He's like, man, is it because I have long hair? I always play the girl, and I was like, yeah. <laughs> and then we did another one in spring where uh, we did a, you know, Jack, I want you to draw me like one of your French girls. <laughs> And I'm telling, I'm, I'm playing the girl part, and he's uh, got the sketchbook, and I hold up a jock strap. I was like, wearing only this. <laughs> so I mean, I mean, we, I think because it was so funny, we were trying not to laugh, and it took, you know, 15 takes because we were crying laughing. Uh, those are two of my favorites, just because of the experience. I mean, maybe they're not that funny, but the experience of doing it was. Amazing. Yeah, the work behind the scenes on it for you. I mean, there's inside jokes and everything else that I come along wish, with it. I wish we had a camera that could kind of show the process of what we were doing. We've talked about it a lot, but you never know what you're going to get. But um, I, actually, the one last night I tweeted about, or whichever day it was, um, about uh, uh, Brewers Night Live. I mean, anytime you can fit a GM and owner and uh, Bob Euchre himself uh, was very special for me personally. Like, I mean, I just... It was just a great feeling putting it together and then seeing everybody's reaction to it. What about in that? And that one is the one everybody's talking about today because it was it was it was unbelievable. And the payoff on a couple of the ones you've done up here have been great. You know, the the one with Craig Council on the other end of the phone because you're not expecting him to be on the other end of the Absolutely. phone. And, and kind of the same thing. You're not expecting David Stearns and Mark Atanasio <laughs> to be at the end of the Brewers Night Live, even with you at the beginning of it. I mean, the payoff on those were incredible. Um, the Brewers Nightlife specifically, I, as I was watching it, my, what came, and this is weird probably that I was thinking about this, but where did you get, was that just stock footage of the city or did you go around and get a lot of that on your own too? I stole a little, just a little bit from the internet, but yeah, a lot of it was just me going around. It took, I mean, I've, I've been here for, you know, four or five nights and so I was walking around the city every night and, you know, I just, I know it was late. I get back late after games. I had some editing on some videos, but I'm like, I, I just want to, you know. I want to at least walk around, and so I, I was getting stock footage of, you know, different places, and I don't know, I was having fun doing it. People, I probably look crazy, so anybody that saw me filming a stop sign or something, I'm, I'm not crazy, only a little bit, maybe. Yeah, you've, you've been in a major league clubhouse, you know, multiple times in the past, obviously, when you were here with the Brewers. Walking back in, in this role, obviously different. Were you nervous of whether, I mean, some of these guys were with you in Colorado Springs, so you knew they'd be up for it, but were you nervous how some guys would receive doing some of this? And it seems like they all took it in stride and had fun with it, though. Yeah, I I was really nervous. I actually, when they, you know, um, when I was called and, you know, hey, we want to call you up for the media team, I I was like, I don't know, man, that's, it's really, I I didn't know how anybody was going to take it. I was like, I'm not going to, what I'm not going to do is step on anybody's toes. I'm going to, I'm only, if they invite me in the clubhouse, I'll go in there, but I'm not I'm not doing anything. I'm not going to overreach my bounds. And, you know, being a player and, you know, trying to do good enough to get called up and thinking that I had a chance and, you know, and they know that, you know, they, you know, they're probably like, how is he going to be? Is, you know, is Dillard going to come in and be bitter or what? But I was coming in going, you know, if if council's okay with it, then I'm going to feel it out, you know, and and I'll be a little more comfortable. As soon as I got here and council just smiled and laughed and gave me a hug before I said anything, I was like, good, you laughed. I can do whatever I want now. (laughs) How many guys started seeking you out? Just like I know that that happened in Colorado Springs. Did that happen here too, where guys would come up to you and say, "Hey, uh, 
what are you, what are you, what are you doing over there? <laughs> and and kind of act sheepish about it, yeah. like maybe they, they could take it or leave it, but you knew they really actually wanted to be in. Yeah. I mean, there were some guys that, I, you know, I've known or only met a few times in spring training, just, you know, as, you know, walking through a, you know, to the bullpen for a, for a game. And these guys are like, hey, man, like, we've never really formally met, maybe. Like, Garza I've talked to a few times, but I don't even know if we formally met. And he comes in, he's like, he's like, dude, the one video you did with such and such is great. Hey, here's what you should do. You should totally, uh, you know, I'm like, that's, that's great. And I turn around and, you know, some guys from Colorado Springs were like, all right, so we were talking about in the pen last night. You know what you need to do? And I'm trying to get to all of them, but a lot of the ideas come from the players. And it comes from the, the weirdest places. Do you write them down and keep like a bank of ideas? Because you probably can't just keep rolling through all of them. You don't have time to do all of them at once. I don't have time to do all of them. But yeah, I try to write down as many as I can, but we forget. Like, we'll come up with a great idea in the third inning. Seventh inning, where, you know, there's eight guys that, you know, heard it, but now we're like, ah, oh, we have no idea. You know, we could tell you what, you know, Joey Votto, you know, what he's done in the game, but, you, you know, you can't bring up, you know, like, well, what else happened? You know, well, I can't remember the dub smash video, but I know Joey Votto's pulling off on curveballs. You know, it's like we're paying attention, but we can't have our phones in the pen all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Tim Dillard is with us here on Brewers on Tap. You do some good impressions and stuff, too, and I, I have heard that your Ed Cedar is pretty good and i think he knows that you do it as well right so i mean what can you give me an ed seat yeah yeah, he's aware that he gets made fun of behind his back (laughs) yeah it's it's nice uh no yeah eddie i've actually known eddie for 28 years 28 years and uh i remember when i figured that out i was on the concourse with him i was doing an interview with him and uh He's like, Timmy, I've known you a long time. And I was, I was figuring it out. I was like 28 years. I was like, that's the oldest thing I've ever said in my life, knowing somebody 28 years. Outside of, like, my, you know, brothers and my mom and dad. <laughs> that's amazing. Like, he's he's a, he's a guy, and he knows me. He knows everything about me, and he, he allows me to make fun of him all the time. So it's great. That, that, that is great. If someone <laughs> will let you make fun of him, that's a true friendship. There's no question about that. Yeah, okay, I'll, I'll give you my favorite. Well, one of my. I don't know if I have a favorite. I like so many of them including the Brewers Night Live that came out last night, was one of my favorites. But one, a couple of them that I really liked were so simple. But they, I loved, I've told you this before, I loved the My Maria one that you did, yeah. which my, a lot of people might have just glossed over that one. But you guys have baseball bats. One of you is on the dugout. Another one's in the on-deck circle. And it's a Brooks and Dunn music. I mean, just it was so simple, but it yeah. was just so effective, I thought. I, I mean, I just remember, I was thinking, what, what, what is very nostalgic and for me, I loved Brooks and Dunn growing up, and I remember the My Maria video, and I think it was. It could have been a different video, but I remember they're like out in the desert, and uh, one of them's in the in the foreground, one of them's in the background. And they're just playing guitars. I'm just like, I don't know why I remembered that, but <laughs> I was like, I was Jim Miller. I was like, Hey, uh, Jim, we're gonna shoot a dub smash. And he's like, Okay, let me put my shoes on. Like I didn't even know what it was. I gave him a bat, and I was like, I need you to stand on the dugout, and we're gonna jam. He goes, Is this Brooks and Dunn? I said, Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that, that one was really good. And, and the other thing that is cool about it, we, we hit on this a little bit earlier, is that you get to know some of these guys. And, I, and for you, you probably started to think of ideas and go, he would be really good in Absolutely, that part. Yeah, yeah. we were doing the uh, uh, 1-800 call-ups. Yeah. And uh, we were playing off the Sarah McLaughlin, uh, you know, the, the, the pets, you know, uh, needing a home. And we were thinking about, well, who looks like, a, you know, a puppy dog or whatever. And we had Josh Hader with the hair. You know, it looks like a big, fluffy ears and... You know, and I was like, "Hey, hey, uh, hater, man, we need you. We're, you're going to be in this in this video." And he goes, "Whatever you want to do, brother, I'm in." <laughs> <laughs> I 
Oh, and Corey Knable's been good, and the Step Brothers ones that you guys did. Um, he's just—he's actually like a legitimately good actor, I think. Yeah, he did. He we were in Oklahoma City. We did the first Step Brothers one, and he was—he did the first take every time, and he was spot on. There was no editing, and I was bad, and I was like, "Oh no, I got to step my game up." And uh, <laughs> so when I when they asked me to come here, and I decided that yeah, I'm going to go do it. I knew Corey would be involved in one, so I had to go back to Step Brothers because I knew that he, hopefully he knew the lines. And the one we came out with the other day, he was brilliant. He was brilliant. And Chikini was really good. (laughs) Some of the ones with him, like the MILB, he wasn't really playing a part, but, you know, his personality and you were able to get good stuff out of him. The one on the plane, when you guys ask him at the end how many people are on the plane and just kind of defeated, he gives you the, I mean, that stuff's awesome. That's the first time that we even did something on a plane. I was sitting there. Everyone's like, "You should just do something on a plane." I was. I really want to interview people in the long line. And we were. We fly out of Denver, and I mean, we'll be standing in like security line for like thirty minutes. And so I was thinking about just interviewing people, like, uh, "Why are you at the airport? You flying somewhere?" You know. <laughs> but I figured, well, you know, six a.m. Nobody wants to talk on a microphone on camera, and so we thought people would be cussing too much. So I was like, "Well, we'll do it on a plane." And yeah, he had a seat to himself, and anytime you have a seat to yourself on the plane when you're traveling in the Pacific Coast League AAA, it's a big deal. It's a big deal. And so he was bragging about it. So, yeah, he did. <laughs> if you watch the video, yeah, he's pretty disappointed that <laughs> that lady came and sat down. Tim Dillard is with us here on Brewers on Tap. Hey, real quick, I do want to talk to you though about your baseball playing because um, you, you had, I mean, you had some cool moments this past year on the diamond. And, um, you know, as much as everybody likes to laugh at you, you, I mean, you've had some great moments here with the Brewers as a major leaguer. And, and, and this year, you hit a home run this year, which just had to be and, – and you got the win, I think, in that game too, if I remember yep, correctly. Yep. That had to be an awesome experience for you. It was. Um, you know, I, I'm kind of in a role now. It's very limited. Like, um, you know, I won't always be active or, you know, I won't always be the guy that pitches. Sometimes I go a couple weeks. So when I'm out there, man, I mean, I'm, I give it everything I have because I'm like – you know, if I'm sore tomorrow, it might not matter. I might not pitch for a week. So when I'm out there, I've learned to just leave it all out there. And uh, It was really cool, and, and I came into a game in New Orleans, and it was hot. It was a day game. And it's one of those times where guys are like, you know, if I don't get in this game, it's okay. You know, but I'm fighting to get out there. So, you know, I, I picked my poison. I got out there, and I got it. I mean, it was – I was sweating, and next thing I know, I hit a home run. And everyone's celebrating, and I'm like, I'm still in the game. So I'm like, I'll celebrate later. You know, like I'm just – I'm going to try to stop sweating before I, you know, I can, so I can grip the ball next inning. And, you know, it was actually, it didn't dawn on me until probably after the game. I was like, that was actually really cool. Like, I didn't get to enjoy it until, until, you know, maybe I was back at the hotel, you know, after the game was over. I was resting my mind and I was like, I can't believe I just hit a home run. And that's a tough place (laughs) to hit a home run, too. But uh, uh, Eric Young Jr. was on second base. And I, I was, like, running around making sure I touched every base. I know some guys do it a lot, but I don't do it a lot. And I get to home plate. And we had shot a Major League Two dub smash like a week before that. And so when I crossed home plate, he was like, white lightning. And I was like, black hammer. And it was we high-fived, and it was it was glorious. <laughs> if I can use the word glorious, it was glorious. It was just like you would have oh. scripted it in a movie. Oh, it was, yeah. I, I mean, it was. he made it special. Guys on the team were like high-fiving me, and they couldn't believe it. And it was, it was pretty special. Well, hey, it's been awesome having you around this whole week and, and just getting to see you do what you do. Um, you're, you're, you're one of the most creative people I've, I've ever been around at all in my life. And so it's, it really has. It's been fun having you here. And, uh, you know, I know you love the game of baseball. So, you know, good luck next year. And, and uh, go, go enjoy your family for a little bit this offseason, too. Yeah, yeah. I need to get plugged back in there. <laughs> I hear you. <laughs> Hopefully nobody will call and be like, hey, we want you to come rake the field, you know. 
<laughs> no, we appreciate it. Thank you, Tim. Yeah, no problem, Lane. Thank you. Here's what's on tap with the Brewers. Here's what we have for you. A couple of big things coming up in the offseason. Brewers on deck. You need to save the date. It's going to be on Sunday, January 29th. So if you purchase ticket for the cruise, tickets for the cruise annual fan fest by December 1st, you'll receive a free ticket voucher good for select 2017 home games. Visit brewers.com slash on deck. The other thing that's coming up, this is a little bit more imminent. Thursday, November 3rd, the Brewers are opening the doors to Miller Park for a special inside the Brewers town hall meeting. All fans are welcome to attend and participate in a Q&A with Brewers executives David Stearns, Craig Council, and Rick Schlesinger. Visit Brewers.com for more details. All right, that's going to do it for us in this week's edition of Brewers on Tap. Thanks for joining us. We'll be back with you again next week to wrap up the 2016 season. Have a good one, everybody.